What's up, everyone? Welcome into the first official episode of the Lunch Table Kings podcast. I am your host, Max Holtzclaw, and I'll be diving in every week or so to talk about what's going on in the Lunch Table Kings League. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to bring on some other guests, but for right now, it's still just July, which means there's not a whole lot of fantasy going on. The draft hasn't even happened yet. We haven't even determined draft order. But what I'm going to do today is I'm going to take a look at the quarterbacks for the upcoming season. We're going to take a quick look at who is in the top 10 based off of ADP, and then I'll give you some of my top sleepers or values going into the upcoming season. So let's dive right in. So taking a look at the top 10 quarterbacks based off of ADP, this all comes from, from fantasypros.com. The first four are Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson. And really, none of those should come as a surprise. Maybe Lamar with how poor of a finish he, or at the beginning, I should say, he had last year, but he finished strong. And of course, they all have a strong rushing baseline. Lamar Jackson probably has the highest rushing baseline. But all four of these guys are projected to go within the first five rounds of a fancy draft, especially in our eight-man league. Lamar Jackson has the lowest ADP at a 37th overall, Kyler at 35th, Josh Allen at 25th, and Patrick Mahomes is 13th within a second round pick. The next four are Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers still sneaking in there. And these guys are all projected to be, well, within the first six, seven rounds there. Dak Prescott is 41st, Justin Herbert at 43rd, Russell Wilson at 45th, and Aaron Rodgers at 53rd overall. Now, Dak, Herbert, and Russell Wilson, you can all expect a rushing baseline as well, which, of course, as we know in fantasy football, is huge for the quarterbacks to be able to run the ball. Aaron Rodgers, not so much, and it's a little interesting to me just because of all the speculation going on, if he's going to retire, if he's going to be traded, if he'll even come back to the Packers. But with how good of a season he had last year, being MVP, it makes sense why he's still the number eight overall quarterback. And then to round out the top 10, we have Tom Brady, who is a 71st overall, and Jalen Hurts at 77th. Jalen Hurts, you can expect, if he still retains the starting quarterback job and they don't make any sudden trades or all of a sudden start, I don't know, Nate Sudfeld or whoever's their backup now, then you can expect, a again, a high rushing baseline for him. And it'll be interesting to see him if he is able to retain the position with a full year under his belt. Now, Tom Brady actually brings me into my first sleeper. So while we're here, let's talk about my favorite values or sleepers. So as I kind of alluded to beforehand, Tom Brady is the first guy to top my list on the sleepers or values of quarterbacks for this upcoming season. And for this, I kind of looked at quarterbacks who are being drafted outside of that eighth round territory, a little bit of an arbitrary number, but I wanted to go a little bit later in order to get more value. So these first couple guys are to be expected, but they are a little bit later in the draft, and I think they provide some great value. As I said, it's Tom Brady here in the first one. He's going 71st overall, or for us, that's ninth round, seventh pick. Last year, he finished at the eighth spot, and that was in a brand new scheme 
with Bruce Arians. And as we all know, quarterbacks tend to throw more interceptions in the first year in a Bruce Arians system. So taking that along with the fact that he did perform extremely well, especially in a new system, it's interesting to see how he would do in that second year with Bruce Arians. Not to mention that he has all of his options healthy for this upcoming season. He lost O.J. Howard at about week five last year. He was in and out of the lineup, Chris Godwin was, and Mike Evans also missed some time here or there. And then, of course, Antonio Brown was added in right around week nine. So you have all of them back in the fold. You have, I don't know, they're running back. It's still all ambiguous whether or not it's going to be Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones, which kind of helps out the fact that they might expect or you might expect them to throw the ball a bit more and they might be a bit more pass heavy. And from week 10 on last year, which is excluding AB's first game and the big loss to the Saints, Tom Brady actually finished as the seventh best quarterback in fantasy. There's lots like there, not to mention, as I said before, he has three exceptional pass catching options in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. And that doesn't even throw in the fact that O.J. Howard is still a beast of a tight end. And Cameron Brady is still there, who has steady hands. So Tom Brady could easily outproduce his ninth QB9 expect expectations and could easily find himself in the top five if things go the right way. This next name I'm going to bring up is one that I think a lot of people are going to be in on, and that's Ryan Tannehill. He's currently going 79th overall, or for us, that's the 10th round, 7th pick in the draft. And it makes a lot of sense why a lot of people are in on Ryan Tannehill. Last year, he finished at QB7, and that was with A.J. Brown playing 14 games with his knee issues all season as well. This year, he's got A.J. Brown fully healthy after his two knee surgeries. They added Julio freaking Jones. So it's a little bit easy to see why Ryan Tannehill is going to be a value come draft day. Yes, he lost Corey Davis and Jonathan Smith. And those are the two and three on the targets from last year. But Julio Jones will easily absorb as many targets as he can from Corey Davis and Jonathan Smith. And even I like Josh Reynolds this year, who is a sneaky ad. And if Julio Jones wouldn't have been there, I thought it could have been a value for fantasy drafts as well. Another thing is that Ryan Tannehill last year, from weeks 5 through 17, once A.J. Brown was back from his injury, he was the quarterback two, which was ahead of Josh Allen and the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. So you throw that in with a fully healthy A.J. Brown, and who's to say he won't get quarterback two again? Not to mention, once again, they added Julio freaking Jones. Julio Jones definitely gives you a little bit of flexibility and some stability out in the wide receiver core. Now, this final name I'm going to bring up is a guy that you're going to be really surprised to hear. And before you completely throw it out of your head, just hear all my thoughts first. He's going 137th overall and is the QB 22 off the board. So the risk is very minimal. And that's Tua Tagovailoa. Now, I know last year was a struggle. I know he was going in and out of the lineup with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And 
Ryan Fitzpatrick is the darling of fantasy football as well. He came in last year, though, with no offseason prep. He was a rookie in the middle of a COVID season. And, of course, we know the rookie minicamps last year were rough, all virtual. So it's tougher for the rookies to completely understand what was going on. Also, he's coming in off the hip injury that he suffered in his final season of college, but was able to, I guess, get back in time for the season, even then with no offseason prep. So he's now fully healthy from that. And even last year, he only played nine games and 10, really, if you want to count the final drive he had against the Jets. But with nine games under his belt, he finished as the QB 20 in the middle of a playoff push. The Dolphins weren't expecting to be in the playoffs last year. They have a great defense, and they really were able to use that to get themselves into the playoff wildcard discussion. Unfortunately, they didn't get there, but because of that, they kept using Fitzpatrick in order to try and win them games. Uh, if you remember the Raiders game, of course, where Fitzpatrick had the face mask pulled against him as he made the impossible throw to go ahead at the end of the game. Tua could not do that last year. That's for sure. But this year, I think he's got a real good shot at easily outperforming QB 22 and possibly sneaking into that QB 12-10 range. This year, he has improved pass catchers. Last year, it was just Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki. Preston Williams got hurt in the middle of the season again. This year, he adds Will Fuller, who will serve the one-game suspension in week one, and they even drafted Jalen Waddell, who is more than just a speed threat. Unlike how Henry Ruggs came out of college, is just a speed threat. Jalen Waddell is a pristine route runner as well. So add that all in, not to mention that they still don't have a high-established running back. We like Miles Gaskin, but he isn't a high-profile running back. He doesn't have the draft pedigree that requires the attention for that workhorse kind of role. Kind of role. I believe this will be a heavier passing offense, even with their outstanding defense. And I think they're going to have to come back in some games considering they're going to have a tougher schedule this year too. So I think Tua is worth that real late pick that could easily turn your team around and somehow be a borderline QB one this year. So that'll wrap up the first official episode of the Lunch Table Kings podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Maybe you retained some of that information. Maybe you learned something you didn't already know about some of these players and maybe where their draft points were at this point in the off season. So be sure to tune in again weekly. I'll be coming in with different information next week. We'll be looking ahead to the running back episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that. If you're looking forward to hearing about my kind of value running backs coming forward. So thanks again, guys, and enjoy the rest of your week. Oh, 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 oh,